You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's right here. You're live. We are... With you guys right here on Bird 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, with our start of our second hundred shows. You think we're going to make it a 200, McMullen? Uh, uh, yes, I think we're going to make it to 200. I know you're going to make it to 200. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got more faith in you than you have in me, but that's okay. Uh, yes, we had our hundredth show yesterday, so... Uh, this would be Bird's 365 101. Sounds like a class. Yeah. McDonald and McMullen, your professors at hand for the next two hours here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And it is a game day show, Johnny Mac. Come on, let's get pumped. Let's get psyched. Well, Eagles there is something game to be, today. There is something to be excited about, and that is it's the end of preseason. So we don't have to talk anymore about these uh, useless preseason games. Now, from my perspective, the only problem is, obviously, this year it's in uh, MetLife Stadium instead of Lincoln Financial Field. So instead of... Oh, suck it up. You had the first two games at home. You you only got one road game. You got to go on for the preseason and you're whining? Well, I wouldn't be whining if it was, if it meant anything. If it meant anything, I wouldn't be whining. But you got to trudge all the way up there to talk about a bunch of guys who are going to be cut. Some of them might be brought back to... Uh, a lot of them are going to be brought back to the practice squad, so they're going to be around. But I, I always thought this was, and and usually it's week four. Now it's week three, obviously, in the preseason. But I, I, I was, you know, people talk about this industry and they talk about the safety issues and you know how how uh, the age of rage, so to speak, and they're always, you know, getting on their high horse and talking about this, talking about that. I think the worst part of this industry. Is the last week of the preseason when they trot out a bunch of guys who they know aren't going to make the team and they might get hurt. They treat them like crash test dummies, essentially, yeah. because they don't want to get the important players hurt. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. That, that's always bothered me. That's always. Right. I, I, you know what this is? It's pet peeve week for me. Well, and you know what? Me. That's that's a legit pet peeve. You're whining about going wow, up that to New Jersey legit. Turnpike yeah, for the no, Jets. That's very legit. Seeing as you're getting paid to do it, I'm actually paying to do it. The plan is, as of right now, for me to go to tonight's Jets Eagles. Oh, uh, you're, you're still going. Oh, if if my now talk about whining. Here comes the Jody <laughs> McDonald whine. Shortly after today's show, some two hours from now, I will have to prep, gargle, do everything else. 
I've got a dentist appointment at 11 o'clock and I'm having major dental work done. So depending on what good uh, drugs they give me for pain purposes, I'm having teeth removed. It's actually oral surgery. Uh, we'll determine whether I am actually going to the game or not. I've got the tickets. My daughter's planning on going. She said, you got to make a call by two o'clock, dad. If not, I can rustle up a friend. So she's going to go. Somebody's going to use the tickets tonight. Is it going to be me? To be determined yet. I don't know. But if I do go, I'll be drinking well, you Diet be, Coke. Yeah, you should be tapping out right now. Just say, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. no. See, I want to see. This is the difference between you and me. <laughs> you got to do it uh, like granularly every single day and be on top of everything. I try and do it close to what you do, but I know I can't. But I'm going to just relax and have fun. You're going to actually have to go and take notes and write a column or whatever. I could actually go and have some some cocktails if I wanted to, and that may be the uh, eventual result because my daughter is driving. I'm not driving. Uh, but I can just relax and take it easy and enjoy watching uh, backup third team, fourth guys who are going to be on the street tomorrow beat the snot out of each other in the second half and decide who wins the Jets and the Eagles. And that's, yeah, I get it. You know, maybe it is fun from that perspective. And obviously you're a Jets fan, so it means a, a little bit more just to see people in that uniform in MetLife Stadium. And I get that part of it. But man, if I had any issues whatsoever, I mean, if I had an appointment at, what'd you say, 11 o'clock? Yeah, I'm gonna and you're down. trying to make a decision by two. Now that's that's way too close. I'd I'd be like, uh, you know what? Uh, maybe next time. No, I want to go. I want to go. I haven't been to a game yet. You've already been to two. Now you worked them, but I haven't been to a game. And oh, I the year last. Oh, by the way, last year, remember COVID season last year? How many games did Jordy McDonald attend? That would be a goose egg, not a zip zero zilch. You went to games all last year. I haven't been to a football game in close to two years. But Damn straight, I want to go. Is it a game, though? Is it yes, a, it's is a it game. game. They're both going to have on uniforms. They're going to hit each other. They're going to light up the scoreboard. It is a game. All right. I'm not going to. I, I don't want to take your joy away from you. But I can't, I can't, I can't gather any joy for myself to see this game. Now, you know, I wouldn't. It, it, let me ask you this. If it were a Lincoln Financial Field uh, year instead of a MetLife Stadium uh, year, wouldn't you prefer to, the the half hour ride uh, than the than the hour and a half ride? Sure, but it's not. So uh, I have to adjust. If it was a Lincoln Financial Field game, I wouldn't have tickets because I don't have Eagle tickets. Oh, I have get tickets. You could get, get tickets. Trust me. Yeah, you could, could go on StubHub and get in for. I could. Pro yeah, I was going to say I could probably get in for less than I'm paying for yeah. my jet tickets because that's part of a package at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Oh, um, no, no question so, yes, about it. I could. I could definitely go, and and a half an hour ride would be better than an hour and a half ride. But again, don't tell my daughter. She's driving. Most of you already knows, but. I'm not even driving, Johnny Mac. I have very little problems with the New Jersey Turnpike as a passenger. When you actually have to drive, it's a little bit more unnerving. See, I but I that. have to be in control. I don't like being a passenger. I, yeah, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like having no control. I, I, I prefer to drive myself, too. But uh, knowing it's the Jersey Turnpike, knowing that I'm going to be a little wonky because I'm going to be on some uh, powerful drugs. Yeah, I'm good with it. And I'm good with the Jets and the Eagles tonight. I want to watch this game. I'm ready for it. 
I'm ready to see Jalen. Oh, shoot. Jalen Hurts is going to yeah. play. You don't yeah. think Jalen Hurts is going to play tonight? Not one snap. He's not going to get out I don't think he's going to play one snap. I really don't. I really don't. I don't agree with it. And look, maybe they changed their thinking because they didn't get the snaps in that they planned to get in, in the second game against uh, New England. So maybe that changes their thinking. But the way Nick Sirianni was talking, joint practices are so important, blah, blah, blah. We consider them games. It, it sounds like he doesn't want them to play. He's not going to have them play. So I, I, I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. I hope we get to see him for a series or two because I think, A, he needs it, number one. Number two, I think it would be exciting for the fans to see the actual starting quarterback, you know, Joe Flacco. For some reason, people dislike him, so. Um, and Nick Mullins, we've seen, uh, you know, your boy, Nick Mullins, you've been, you've been right on him from, from the get go. I think part of it, you know, where we differ, I think part of it has to do with the surgery. I just don't think he's there a hundred percent, but I mean, if you think about how ugly it's been in the first two weeks, it's going to be pretty ugly. You think about the Jets backup quarterbacks. I mean, Josh Johnson, who's been on, I think, 75 teams now uh, through 67 different leagues, and James Morgan, there's going to be some ugly football out there. Yeah, and oh, by the way, the Jets will put Zach Wilson at risk. I'm predicting right now he's going to play some. I, I don't hope, think it's going to be a lot. Plays. I, because that would excite me because I think he's got tremendous potential. Now, I don't know if I'd roll him out there behind that offensive line, but they got to do it anyway at some point. Obviously, Beckton's not going to play because he got the concussion. Um, I don't know where they are with Vera Tucker. I assume he's not playing. So, you know, I, I, but then again, you know, it's Fletcher Cox is not going to be out there. Javon Hargrave's not going to be out there. Josh Sweat's not going to be out there. Brandon Graham's not going to be out there. So maybe it's fine. Right. Um, let me ask you a question. And I honestly don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking the question. Uh, and I hope it would be the same for both teams. I'm thinking that the Jets may put their quarterback out there for their fans. The Jets played their first two season games on the road. Eagles played their first two season games at home. Jets played their first two season games on the road. This is the first chance for quote unquote Jet fans to see Zach Wilson live in their stadium, slinging the ball around for the New York Jets. Now, again, the stadium will, if it's lucky, it'll be a third filled. I've been to too many of these Jets preseason games. They just don't come. Nobody comes. They eat the tickets, you move on, you get ready for the first regular season game. So 35% capacity, somewhere thereabouts. And they better be there for the first snap because, yeah, Wilson's going to play two series max and he's going to get the hell out of there. The Eagles don't have to worry about that because they've already played two preseason games. Do you think where the game is played in any way, shape, or form uh, affected the decision as to who was going to be uh, the starting quarterback for the game? Uh, from the Jets' perspective, I see what you're saying. Maybe maybe it'll throw Zach Wilson out there for a couple series. From the Eagles' perspective, no. I mean, they, they weren't going to – I don't think they were going to play him. That was the plan anyway, um, no matter where the game was. So – um, I think the only thing that shifts the Eagles thinking is the illness last week. And if that affected them and they, they adjust to that because they planned to get 
Jalen Hurts two series against the Patriots. They weren't able to do that. So that's the only sliver of hope, if you want to call it hope, for him playing is they adjust their plan because their plan didn't come to fruition last week. I uh, <laughs> uh, This should be an interesting answer. Uh, the Eagles are going to have X amount of snaps. So we're talking about percentage here. Who knows how many snaps that? Oh, by the way, the Eagles have had really few snaps in two games. It was specifically the Patriot game. They took so few. It was ridiculous. And yeah. they really didn't have all that many against Pittsburgh either because the one touchdown they scored, they scored on one play. Boom. Pass out to the flat, off to the races, give the ball back to Pittsburgh. So I, I would go out on a limb and say the Eagles have had less offensive snaps than any team in football in the preseason. I don't know that. I didn't look it up, but I feel pretty confident. Good guess. I, I haven't paid attention. You also have to factor in they didn't convert a third down for 88 minutes. You have to factor that in. So they weren't extending the drives they did have. No. So I would be shocked if anybody's got fewer offensive I, plays. I would suggest the possibly 0-17 uh, uh, Houston Texans have taken more offensive snaps this preseason than the Eagles. Um so a lot of guys haven't gotten work because the offense hasn't been out there on the field. How much work does Andre Dillard get tonight? Oh, he gets plenty of work um, because he's <laughs> he he's lost the starting job, even though Nick Sirianni won't say it. So backup's got to play. So he's going to play a lot. And, you know, there's two reasons for that. You also want to showcase him for the rest of the league and hope to maybe spin him off or something at this stage of the game. Um, so so you have, you're trying to serve two masters there, trying to get somebody interested in Andre Dillard and say, oh, he's, you know, he looks pretty athletic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we need an offensive tackle. Maybe it works. Usually it works. You've already seen a number of preseason trades. Um, you know, uh, Greg Little, I think, was drafted the same year. Miami picked him up. They're a desperate offensive line team. Miami's always looking for offensive linemen. Um, there's so many teams that need offensive linemen. I could see Matt Pryor being showcased as well to try to get him um, something for him uh, because I don't think the Eagles want to just release him. But the Eagles are really deep on the offensive line. And you know what complicates this? And I wrote about this on Sports Illustrated this morning, Joey. Landon Dickerson, because you have to factor in, okay, when is Landon Dickerson going to be ready? When is he going to be ready? You don't want to put him on that NFI list to start the season if he's going to be ready before week seven. All I know is the Eagles said it's not going to be a redshirt year for Landon Dickerson. They said he's going to be back at some point. He got injured in December. ACL is usually nine-month injury. It was later in December. So you do the math, that's late September, nine months. That's way before the seventh game. So you would think you would want to carry him on the original 53. Then you could put him on short-term injured reserve and, and get a roster spot back that way. Um, so they have to factor that in. And if they have to keep Dickerson, I know they want to keep Brett Toth. People don't think about him, but he's played well. He showed versatility. So they're either going to go 11, 12 <laughs> offensive linemen if they have to keep people like Dillard and Pryor and they can't trade them, or, or they got to move them. So that's one of the more interesting 
probably narratives of this game, if you can call that interesting. And, oh, by the way, and you can just dismiss this if we want, and I hope that I'm woefully wrong about this, but Landon Dickerson's a rookie. How, how many practices has he had so far? That would Zero. be none. zippity doo So even when he's going to come back, how many weeks do you have to have him practice before? And I know he's not going to start. If the Eagles are healthy along the offensive line, then all he is is a backup guy so you can take your chances there. But what happens if one of their – it would shocking? Would it be shocking if uh, Brooks got hurt or Blaine got hurt? Or Sayamalo, no. who's been injured this preseason, got hurt? Of course not. So not only do you have to have him ready to uh, just get into an NFL game, but maybe start and play an entire NFL game. How do you do that with a guy who hasn't had a uh, a rep of practice all preseason long? Well, you can't. I mean, he's got to ramp up once he gets back, once he's cleared. He's got to practice for a couple weeks, you would think, at least, before they would be feel comfortable putting in him in there. You're right, though. Right now, they want him just as an interior backup because they've tried late in training camp. Nate Herbig, you know, played really well at guard last year when he was forced into action. They tried to move him to center at the end of this training camp. It has not worked out well, uh, to say the least. So all of a sudden, you start to say to yourself, uh, Luke Jariga didn't work out. He got waved injured. Um, you know, do you want to move Isaac Sayamalo to play center? The Eagles think he can play center, but Jeff Stoutland doesn't like moving parts. So if J- Jason Kelsey uh, goes down, the best case scenario for them now, I mean, Jason Kelsey plays through everything. So you're probably, this is, you're not going to have to worry about anything. That guy hyperextended his elbow. I thought he was out for the season. He didn't miss one play. He actually missed one play. One, it was the play before halftime. He went into the locker room. You thought, okay, he's done for the season. He's back out there for the second half. His arm couldn't move. He's still out there playing. So, I don't, A, I don't think you have to worry about it. B, you do want Landon Dickerson out there as a potential backup for all three interior positions because he's got so much talent. But – I said the same thing with Devontae Smith. Any young player, you're going to have hiccups. So people think they're going to hit the ground and they're going to be superstars. No, you're going to have hiccups. There's a growing phase that they've got to go through, and at least Devontae Smith has had some practices this year and actually played in a game, actually caught a couple of passes. Landerson, Landon Dickerson is uh, showing off his fancy clothes on the sideline. Yeah, his tractor, his tractor clothes. Hey, yeah, more power to him. He's a southerner through and through. He, he's got to get and used to playing. Six, if you're 6'6", six, six, 330, you can wear whatever you want. Nobody's exactly. going to say anything. And, oh, by the way, it has been hot. But, Landon, guess what? If, if, if we do need you in December, it's going to be a little cold. You're going to have to uh, cover up just a little bit. All right, Johnny Mac, one other point I want to get to before we hit our first break. We're hoping to get Barrett Brooks here in the first hour. We don't know. I uh, haven't been able to lock him in. Uh, but Barrett may be joining us here in our hour number one. Uh, Howie Roseman, we talk about him all the time, although Howie hadn't done anything other than cut the roster down from 90 to 85 and then 85 to 80. Um, big week this week coming up where they got to take the roster all the way down to 83. And this is usually the time of the year that Howie Roseman strikes and finds an Eagle player that they consider a core player Either contract is up or an extra year to go and we get an extension done and it's team friendly. You know, he hadn't done that once this offseason. There's not been one player that the Eagles have extended who they had on the roster previously that 
They had gotten either via trade or via the draft or signed off the scrap heap. No extensions yet from Howie Roseman. And they've got some very legitimate candidates in Dallas Goddard and uh, Maialata and uh, Josh Sweat. Why hasn't Howie gotten an extension done this offseason? Well, number one, they have issues from a cap standpoint. So that's number one. We all know they're not going to have a lot of space until after this season. the second part is, I think, if you look at the players individually, particularly Josh Sweat, Jordan Mailata, doesn't make a lot of sense for them to sign extensions because they haven't done enough in the past to where they're going to get the top of the line sort of money. And they both have upsides, significant upsides, that if they play, you know, 15, 16, even 17 games, they're going to they're going to they're going to cash in in a big way. And their agents are telling them that. So you focus in on Dallas Goddard. That's what we've been talking about for months. ESPN evidently did a story on it. So now it's real to people, (laughs) even though this has been going on for literally weeks and weeks and weeks. And Dallas Goddard himself confirmed it. Uh, They're trying to work out an extension. That one makes the most sense because he's, he's got some proven uh, uh, things in his background People know he's a good player. There's still upside. And then you look at the market and say, okay, the Patriots kind of set it with the two tight ends they signed. You have George Kittle at the top. So you have sort of the framework where you go right in between there, uh, right in between the Hunter Henrys and Johnny Smith and then George Kittle. You're not going to get as much money as George Kittle. And that's where the Eagles know it's going to land. That makes sense for Dallas Goddard as well because it's a very good player, but he's not George Kittle. Um, and, and, and that's the easiest one to get done. So if one is going to get done, it's probably going to be Dallas Goddard. All right. Let me, let me ask it to you this way, and then we'll get our first break in. Um, slotting in as per comp salaries of the players at their positions and even – uh, the cap situation to the Eagles in, and you're right, they've got cap issue. They don't have a lot of flexibility when Carson Wentz dead cap money comes off the cap next year. They'll have a lot more flexibility. Just ranking them as players, how would you rank those three guys? Now, they're three different positions. I get that, but uh, just I, I was going to give you the top. 10 list from the NFL this uh, week. They're going to reveal their top 10 players. I've been watching it on Sunday nights on the NFL network and it's different players from different positions. And it's just fun to see how they fall in line in ranking. So that's what I'm kind of asking you to do here. Rank those three guys for what they're going to do in their next five years of their career. My uh, sweat and Goddard. <clears throat> well, I think right now Goddard is would be ranked number one of that group, but it's interesting because I think the other two have higher ceilings as players. So I think ultimately they could be better. You said five years down the line, they could yes. be better two or three years down the line. Um, so that's sort of like what you're weighing. I think if I'm the agent of Jordan Mylot, if I'm the agent of Josh Sweat, okay, you haven't done enough yet but you have this amazing ability to, to get to this level. That's why I tell them to bet on them themselves. If, if you're the agent for Dallas Goddard, I'm going to say, this is a great deal. If you can get in between Henry and Smith and, 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 and George Kittle at the top end, you know, take it, 
that's long-term security. Very good player. So right now it's Goddard one, Sweat two, Mylotta three. If you're talking upside, it's probably Mylotta one, uh, Sweat two, Goddard three. Right. Well, what I'm talking is projection over the next five years. Not today, not how you would just rank them to, as per their accomplishments in their career so far. What kind of production you think you're going to get out of them over the next five years was how I specifically asked the question. Yeah, well, then I would say if you're going to ask me, I, I would lean towards my lot. But that's what makes this stuff so difficult. Um, you're 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 all when you're talking about contract extension, not just one factor comes into it. Your 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 past comes into it. Your your current plays into it, and the future plays into it. And hopefully yep. you you evaluate it correctly. Um, and that's where, you know, my lot and sweat haven't proven as much as Goddard at this point. So they don't have as much leverage, uh, but they do have the leverage of understanding what they are as potential players. And if they trust themselves and if they bet on themselves, they might cash in. You also factor in the position as well. Left tackle. If you're a top tier left tackle, I mean, you are cashing in. If you're a top-tier edge rusher, you are cashing in. Tight end, it, it's a little bit – that's one of those positions where it's a little bit of a depressed market, probably unfairly so, but that's just the way it is. The The league doesn't value the position the same way. So that factors in well. And then Josh Sweat, you have to talk about the injury issue as well because sure. he's got the long-term uh, knee problems, he said, from day one, even though he says – it's not an issue now. Um, he, he he told me day one he got here. I still remember. It, he's never trashing the knee brace, he said. I'm always wearing this knee brace because there's always going to be a concern. Now, obviously, he wants to play that down because he's in a contract year. But the Eagles know that better than anybody. They know that's a concern. Um, so all of these things factor it in. I think Mylotta has the... Uh, potential to cash in uh, the biggest of all if he if he plays well this season. My ranking would be my lot of one, Sweat two, Goddard three, because you are talking about that ceiling. And this is assuming how he does a decent job in the negotiation. Now, none of the three of them are going to stay here on a hometown discount because they just love the Eagles and love the city of Philadelphia. They're going to get paid. But I, I, I oh, they might the take a home. little bit of a hometown discount. It's always a little bit. Remember, if you didn't take any kind of hometown discount, nobody would ever play for anybody except, you know, the Florida teams and the Texas, Texas teams. I mean, if they're looking just for every single cent they can get, the taxes alone would take you to Florida and Texas. So uh, teams always get a little bit of a hometown discount for somebody like Jordan. Because I know how much he respects uh, Jeff Stoutland, and I know how much he respects the Eagles for giving him the opportunity and then developing him. I I think they will get a little bit of a hometown discount when it comes to Jordan Mylot. Give you one more name to put on that list. Tell me if you think the Eagles will or should be talking to him. How about Singleton? Who you, me, and uh, who was on with us yesterday? Uh, the show's just run, uh, Wolf. one into the other. Bo Wolf. All kind of agreed that he could be the Eagles' single-season all-time leading tackler with adding the extra game, 
I think it's 129 tackles. If he gets that this year, most ever by an Eagle in any one season. He gets that, he's going to get paid next year, too. Would you try and get a deal done with him if you're Howard Roseman? Um, I, 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 we talk about upside. I don't think his upside is, is, is near those three other players. So, again, you're always willing to do business if you find a team-friendly deal. You know, Alex is always sort of trying to overcome these hurdles. We always talk about the pedigree and where he came from and what he's gone through to make it to the NFL. But I would say tackles. You know, nobody looks at it. What little spoiler, we're going to have Ryan Paganetti on the show Monday morning. You know, he was Doug Peterson's game management coach, uh, and he was an analytics guy. Nobody nobody looks at total tackles and says, oh, I'm going to pay that guy. That That's just not the way the NFL is any, anymore. And, you know, you could tackle a guy seven, eight yards down the field, be very active. It's not helping your team. Now, I think Alex is a very good player. Um this team doesn't value linebackers. We know that no matter what they say. Um, so it's probably an easier deal to get done. So, you know, um, he's not going to be in their stratosphere, those three other players. But if it makes sense, yeah, the Eagles have about $18 million in cap room. And if they think Alex is going to be uh, a long-term solution at linebacker, See, the problem is, do they think he's going to be a long-term solution on linebacker? I think they want to get better at linebacker. Problem is, they want to get better, but they never make the right decisions when it comes to bringing in players. They don't want to, you know, spend a top 10 pick like Devin White and get somebody's lights out. They don't want to do that because they don't value the position. Um, but they don't make the right decisions when they look for those sort of diamonds in the rough. So. They, they they've drafted Davion Taylor and hope that he becomes Devin White. Yeah, that's poking and hoping. And when it doesn't happen, nobody should be surprised. All right, we are your Mac and Mac guys, Jordy McDonald, John McMone. Again, my apologies. If I'm not on the top of my game, it's because I haven't had any coffee this morning because I got to go to the dentist in two hours from now. So uh, McMone's going to have to prop me up a little over the course of the show. Uh, you guys can if you want to hit us on the stream. We're hoping to hear from Barrett Brooks. Uh, we uh, quasi-booked Barrett for the show. We Barrett's, Barrett's, Barrett's sleeping, I think. He probably is sleeping as we speak. Uh, but if he wakes up, we may put him up here on the show. We definitely have Michael K. from NJ.com in hour number two. Coming right back here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. 
catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Appreciate you tuning in here to Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. The plan as of right now is for both those to be in MetLife Stadium tonight. John's actually going to be working. I'm just going to be sitting back and relaxing uh, to be determined as whether it's going to be with a Diet Coke or a cold uh, beer, depending on how my uh, visit to the dentist goes today. But I'm hoping to be at MetLife to watch the Eagles and the Jets tonight. And yes, even though I'm not going to officially be working, I'm not getting paid to go, I may actually take like a small notebook with me because uh, I'll be talking about both the Eagles and the Jets on CBS Sports Radio over the weekend, and then Eagles on Monday on WIP and back here with Johnny Mackey. Uh, and, yeah, I, I have interest in the Jets because I'm a fan. They're going to be battling for roster spots tonight, John, which I think uh, you talked earlier about pet peeves. Here's a pet peeve for me. There's a whole bunch of guys who are going to be playing. And they know their spot in the National Football League is in part on the line. And they're going to be asked to showcase themselves so that the people who are judging them get a good look at them and get a good feel about them. However, the coaches are trying to keep from showcasing (laughs) anything that they may do during a regular season game, specifically between these two teams since they play each other in the regular season. Eagles and Jets don't usually play. They do play every preseason. Once every four years, this pops up because they play every year in preseason, but they play regular season once every four years. You want to keep everything under wraps. You don't want to put anything out there for the opposition to see either on tape for one of your future opponents or the Jets themselves, who are a future opponent as well. 
Well, and how do you judge the players that you're going to decide to keep or not keep if you're asking them to do something you're not going to ask them to do during the regular season? Well, I don't. I think the evaluation is the easiest part of preseason. I think you know scheme part of it is. And and by the way, Nick Sirianni was very honest about this, so I give him credit. When people were downplaying, and let's be honest, fans of a particular team will downplay poor play in the preseason when there's poor play. And when there's great play, they'll think, oh, wow, this team's going to be great. That's just natural part of being a fan. The Eagles have obviously played very poorly with the lights on. To Nick Sirianni's credit, he has not downplayed that. He has pointed out, look, we're not showing anything, but either is the other team. So this is sort of uh, mano a mano. This is sort of like one-on-ones in practice if you want to look at it in a team environment. Okay, yeah, we're not scheming. We're not game planning. Either are the Patriots. Either are the Steelers. So if it's second team versus second team or third team versus third team in the second half, and you're getting whipped by their third teamer, that's easy to evaluate. Um, So when you start talking about the starters and the guys who are going to play who aren't playing anyway, then maybe that factors into it a little bit more. But even – I'll use the young receivers as an example because they played in in the first half. You, you got to see, I mean, you got to see some poor route running, to be honest, from Jalen Riger, unfortunately, uh, against the Patriots. That's a concern. You, you want to correct that. Um, I don't think there's as much concern over Devontae Smith, but we talked about it. You saw some drops. Uh, I think the Eagles think it was just probably nerves or – you know, first NFL game of that nature, and that'll correct itself. But you can learn some things uh, about the individual players and about the evaluation of the players, even when you're not game planning, even when you're not uh, showing what you're going to do in the regular season. And it is going to fall to the coaches. This is one place where I think that uh, the coaches actually do have their say. At the upper limits of the uh, roster, we've still got 80 guys on the roster right now. I think that Howie uh, Rose will take into uh, advice uh, a lot of the guys between 60 and 80. The coaching staff will be able to say, these guys just not get it done, not fitting what we wanted, disappointment, blah, blah, blah. But from 80, from 60 down to 53, don't kid yourself. Howie Roseman is going to make every single one of these cuts. Howie Roseman is going to decide who's here and who's not here. And yes, much to my chagrin, I think your chagrin as well, but you accept it better than I do. Uh, Where they were drafted, what resource was put into them in acquiring them will have more to do with whether they're on this team or not than actually how they performed in whatever level you want to talk about practice and or a preseason game this preseason, which I think is just flat out wrong. Well, I, I, I don't know if more is the right word, but yeah. Oh, I, significant... I, I chose that word carefully. Yeah, more. There's a significant part of it. And, and especially when you go to the premium picks, the one, two, threes, you know, it's interesting as you get lower, I think it becomes, you know, sixth and seventh round picks and the Eagles have quite a few of those. Uh, this time around because it's the first time they've had a significant amount of picks and you know guys like Teron Jackson Jacoby Stevens who's been hurt uh, Marlon uh, Tua 
hello to he i mean marlins i i don't see any way he's making this team i i think as you if now he'll probably be brought back to the practice squad so he'll still be around but um as you get lower in the draft it's sort of like you know if it's close that's the tiebreaker i'm gonna keep the draft pick um if it's not close they're not going to keep those types of guys so yeah, it's a sliding scale. It's always a sliding scale. And then as you get later into your first contract, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside would be the biggest example of that. It starts to be, okay, you know, we've given you plenty of chances. Now it is time to move on. And and we'll see. J.J. will be one of the more interesting decisions because I think that'll set off. I'm not going to say it's going to set off a, uh, a crisis amongst the fan base, but they're going to be disappointed if he's on this football team. And oh, by the way, I still think he's got a chance to be on this football team. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what the, the Eagles do with him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's part of the industry. And that, as I always say, you know, I always say, Jody, it's not just the Eagles. So people think, oh, this is Howie Roseman. No, no, no. Every GM in the league thinks that way. Right. Uh, I I certainly agree with that. Some a little more heavy-handed than others. I think you could compare Howie Roseman and the decisions that this team has made over the last five, six, seven years with uh, other general managers, and you would see how he leans on it a little bit more than most. There might be one or two that uh, even more so protect their you-know-what backsides by uh, protecting their draft picks. Howie might not be the worst guy in the league, but I think he is pretty damn uh, protective of his guys. Uh, let me get a little bit more specific with you. And I know uh, you've got your uh, contents that you're going to be in to predict the Eagles 53-man roster. So I- I'm not asking you to totally tip your hand here. But in part, I'm going to ask you to tip your hand a little bit. Uh, you mentioned the fact that this past year, the Eagles had multiple draft picks. They actually accrued draft picks. The year before, they had less than the uh, regularly scheduled seven. This year, they had more. And they had three in the sixth round. I'm going to take the sixth and the seventh round here. And I'm going to ask you where and how these guys fit into the roster, the practice squad, or was nice knowing you for however many weeks they've been here since the draft. Their seventh rounder was Patrick Johnson. He's actually gotten more reps. Part of what you have to take into consideration is the position he's playing. And at that questionable Sam linebacker as to how it's even going to be used, is Kerry going to be part of that, uh, Jannard Avery being hurt, is Patrick Johnson going to be on the 53, the practice squad, or uh, see you later, bye, as a seventh-round pick? Yeah, he's going to be on the 53, and as you pointed out, part of it is circumstance and the fact that, well, the Eagles don't have a a really defined Sam linebacker. Right now, Jannard Avery is first on the depth chart, and he's hurt, and he's been hurt twice already. Um, And then you start to factor in, and we'll probably talk about this with Mike Kay in hour two because he was the one who kind of brought it up, so I'll give him him the credit for it, but you start talking about, okay, maybe Alex Singleton plays strong side linebacker. Maybe Eric Wilson does. And maybe that that bumps T.J. Edwards into the starting lineup uh, as the middle linebacker or the will linebacker when you're in base defense. Um, they could do that. You mentioned Kerrigan. They could move Kerrigan there. 
Uh, but ultimately, I think Patrick Johnson has shown enough that he's going to be on the final 53. And it's interesting because I know you're going to go to the six rounders. And that's not the case with any, any of the six rounders. All right. So let's go there now then. Uh, uh, you mentioned Marlon T, big uh, defensive tackle. Uh, certainly hasn't kept up with his fellow draftee, Mr. Williams, who looks like he's actually going to get some playing time either inside or outside, doesn't look like Marlon's got a chance to make the 53. Given to be on the practice squad, or that even isn't a given? It shouldn't be a given, but I think it is a given. I think they'll bring him back to the practice squad. Now, here's a guy, and I don't want to pick on Marlon, but I guess I'm going to pick on him a little bit. I mean, here's a guy. You look at what the Eagles have at defensive tackle. So, you know, you're really good. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave started. You know, Milton Williams is listed as a defensive tackle, but he's that versatile guy who's going to play outside, inside. He's obviously a big part of the plan. Then you have three other defensive tackles who are, have played much better than Marlon, Hassan Ridgeway, T.Y. McGill, and Raquan Williams. Now, with, with T.Y. McGill and Hassan Ridgeway, they're, they're – sort of those vested guys where you can play those roster games we talked a little bit about with with Bo Wolf yesterday. So you could cut those guys at the 53 and bring them back in week two, and you don't have to guarantee their salary, where if they're on the roster for week one, their entire season is guaranteed. So they could play sort of that kind of roster game uh, but even in that case, uh, Raekwon Williams would probably deserve it more than Marlon. So this is the one, believe it or not, you know, from what we were talking about at the beginning of the segment, Jody, Howie Roseman keeping draft picks because of pedigree. You know, it's only it's only a six-round pick. But if Marlon is on the final 53, that you know, you know it's not a meritocracy. That's completely about draft status completely right and i don't see how that can possibly happen oh if it does yes you and i will be discussing it wednesday here on birds 365 how did this guy make the roster all right how about taron jackson i'll be honest with you he's a guy who i have not been able to get a grasp on um we don't have coaches tape we don't get to see exactly what is expected on a player on every single play and how they're evaluated, and like the coaches surely do, and that's going to decide Taron Jackson's future. He hasn't made any plays in the preseason games for me. He hasn't like been woefully out of place on any of the plays in the preseason games for me. I don't go to practice. You go to practice. How has Taron Jackson performed as per the expectations of a six-round draft pick? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think this is the opposite of Patrick Johnson in a lot of ways, because as we explained with Patrick, he's at a position where there isn't much depth. And what hurts Teron Jackson is, okay, defensive end might be the deepest part of the Eagles team, the deepest part. Yeah, Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, and Milton Williams, as I said, plays as much defensive end as he does defensive tackle. Um, so – I mean, he's up against it from just a number standpoint. I mean, he's not going to beat out any of those five players. So, no, he's not going to make the final 53. He'll probably be put on the practice squad. You'll get him through waivers. 
But I think what you said is correct. He, you know, he hadn't been bad, hadn't been good, hasn't blast. Um, just a young player. You put him on the practice squad as a developmental guy. You have a lot of depth at that position. I don't think he's done anything poorly. Like, I think Marlon has played poorly, to be honest. I don't think Teron Jackson has played poorly, hasn't played well either. It's just been sort of there. But the depth, the numbers, it's just too much for him. And then the final six-round pick, I got to get your uh, feel on. And again, um, I, I, I'm not that strong in my opinion on him just because the Eagles have moved him around so much here in the preseason. They took Jacoby Stevens <clears throat> last year in the sixth round. He's a safety in college. They're trying to make him into a hybrid linebacker, but he's also playing some safety. He has been hurt too, which is compromise the ability to get an evaluation on him. I, I I like this kid as a draft pick. I liked him in college. So I don't want to see him get snapped up if the Eagles don't keep him on the 53 or if they don't get him back to the practice squad and he ends up on someone else's practice squad. I fear that Jacoby Stevens could be the kind of guy who leaves the Eagles and we regret it down the line. What's your read on Jacoby Stevens? Yeah, uh, it's certainly the type of player they want at linebacker. They're trying to develop that hybrid type of guy. As you mentioned, he played safety at, at LSU, so he's got a lot of speed, got a lot of coverage ability. Ultimately, I think they're going to default to that. You're right about you know his injury uh, being difficult to evaluate him, uh, but I look at this position as a whole, you know, you know Eric Wilson's going to be there. You know Singleton, T.J. Edwards, Davion Taylor. They're going to make the football team. Uh, you're probably going to keep five linebackers. So the fifth is Jacoby Stevens, Sean Bradley, Rashad Smith. Well, you can cross out Rashad Smith. He's been terrible. Uh, we talk about the running attacks in the preseason. They've been running more often than not right over Rashad Smith. Um, so it leaves you Sean Bradley or Jacoby Stevens. Uh, Temple kid, South Jersey kid, you root for Sean Bradley, but I'd rather have Jacoby Stevens. I think there's a much bigger upside, um, and I think the Eagles will default to that ultimately. And the, uh, out of those two, Bradley and Stevens, both would be definite practice squad uh, yeah, people yeah. that the Eagles would if and they decided way, not I, I think, you know, we go, I say this every year. There's this old, you know, I, People say, you know, and I don't know if this is true or if it's an old wives' tale, but, you know, women, God bless them, get pregnant. Uh, it's terrible <laughs> for them. Uh, and there's a chemical in their brain that makes them forget how awful pregnancy was. And then they're, they have more kids. I don't know if that's true or an old wives' tale. But I say this. I only say this. I know you're looking at me like, what the hell is McMullen saying? What the hell I is only McMullen say, talking about? Yeah, I only say this because every single year, fans say, oh, this guy's going to get picked up on waivers. This guy's going to get picked up on waivers. This guy's going to pick up on waivers. Nobody gets picked up on waivers. Because teams around the league, um, they're working with their own guys. They don't want to bring in somebody who hasn't been working with them all offseason. So they always wring their hand. There's no way he can get Jacoby Stevens through waivers. Yeah, he can. He's going to get through waivers. My point, my only point with the pregnancy is fans forget that every year. 
there's a chemical in their brain that they think 18 guys are getting picked up on waivers. Ain't happening. Here's here's where uh, I'll agree and disagree with you. Uh, That's a fans, great analogy, though, Jody. I rebounded. Give me credit. Uh, it, it 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 you had to go all the way around the block to get there, <laughs> but when we did arrive in front of the house, I actually see the point you're trying to make. Uh, but I think it's slightly off, at least the way you stated it. You said nobody gets picked up on waivers. Oh yeah, they do. There's a well, handful of guys that again, go around the league. I know. Single you're a stickler. You're yes. Yes, there's a handful of guys. Yeah, there's, there's a handful of guys. Now, they, if you listen to some of the fans, they think it's 147 guys that get picked up yeah. on waivers, which, of course, it's not. A lot of times you can get your guy back to you. More often than not, the most common occurrence is you cut a guy, you want him back on your practice squad, you get him back on your practice squad. But it's not a zero-sum game that, oh, if you cut him, you're guaranteed to get him back on a practice squad because some guys aren't claimed. It's not a given that if you cut him, oh, he's going to go to another team. Because, no, he's not. Because you're right. Other teams are dealing with their own guys that they got to make decisions on. It's a risk. It's a gamble. It's not as big a gamble as some people make it sound. But I also want to make sure people don't understand. It's not a given. You just put him to waivers and he's guaranteed to be on your practice squad. No, he's not. Other teams can pick him up. No, I'll give you credit. You keep me, uh, you know, I tend to, uh, under, you know, people don't understand when you're embellishing. Obviously, it's about 30 people per year that get picked up on waivers at the final cutdown. Uh, people think it's much more than that. It never is. By the way, it's worse now with COVID because true. now, now right, you true. have bigger hurdles to bring people in from outside the building. So that makes it even more difficult. And there are certain guys you look for certain players like Jordan Mylotta back in the day, like Jordan Mylotta didn't deserve to make the Eagles final 53 for his first two seasons. He'd be the first guy to admit that to you. Uh, didn't deserve it from a meritocracy standpoint, but they knew the Eagles knew his size, his strength, you know, somebody might take a flyer on him. Maybe they wouldn't know, but they didn't want to risk it. Same thing with Tyree Jackson. They have a difficult decision with him uh, this year because he's injured. Um, if they put him on waivers, somebody might take a somebody might take a flyer on that guy because of his size, his strength, his <laughs> athleticism. Not a definite, but somebody might take a flyer on him. So there are players like that who you, you give you cause. Uh, the majority of the sixth and seventh round picks that don't have that special traits uh, that those two players have or special traits, you generally don't have to worry about. Um, but, you know, there's always the exception. And if somebody loved a player in the draft and they say, oh, we got a chance to get Jacoby Stevens, we were going to take him in the fifth round or whatever, we didn't get to do it, they might take a flyer. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a lot of time hand-wringing on that stuff. And that's where my analogy came in because the, the fans do it every single year. We're going to lose this guy. We're going to lose that guy. We're going to lose this guy. But I do think Jacoby Stevens is one of those who fall into that group of it's a maybe. It's not a given. If you put him out there, I guarantee you he's going to be with another team. Wouldn't go that far. I also wouldn't guarantee you that he's coming back to your practice squad. He's one of those guys in the group that I would say is a maybe. That if you put him out there, if you expose him, if you uh, give another team a shot to, to claim him, 
they, they may just do it. That's why he's an interesting case. Uh, speaking of the fact that there won't be as big a turnover this year as there have been in years gone by because of the virus, and I uh, know for well I risk the ire of the streamers here because <laughs> I'm going to bring up a COVID point, and the streamers don't really <laughs> like when you do that. They like they like oh. you to stick to blocking and tackling. Did you see this this morning, John? That someone from the union actually suggested that the it, the reason that COVID uh, vaccinations are not mandated for players in the National Football League is because the teams have never asked for it. That in the collective bargaining agreements with the players, with the union, they have never asked for mandated COVID vaccines. And that's why there aren't mandated COVID vaccines. You're kidding, um, right? I have I, I've been told the league did ask um, um, for a mandatory vaccine. According to a major rep in the union, they said the league never actually asked. So that the reason that the players are not are not mandated, if there's a group of people who look at the players as somehow doing wrong by not getting vaccined, uh, they, they were never asked to. The league never suggested to them that it should be mandatory. No, 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 no. The league never asked. So it's on the league. So anyone who has a issue with a player who hasn't gotten a COVID vaccine yet, don't look at the players' union. Look at the NFL itself. And they're saying this <clears> with straight face. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, look, and we always say it, and we battle back and forth at times about semantics. My guess is this would be semantics. Um I, I know the league wants a mandatory vaccine. Um, you know, from the players' union perspective, you knew they weren't going to agree to a mandatory vaccine because their job is to fight for players, even crazy players. If people think certain players are crazy for not doing certain things, they still got to fight for them. Um, maybe it just comes down to miscommunication, but... I, the league wants a mandatory vaccine, and you know, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, the NFLPA can say whatever they want. I mean, the league wants wants a mandatory vaccine. They know they can't get it. Um, I think that's where it comes down to. Right? Did they really have to actually broach it or bring it up? There is the possibility that the league knew that there was no <laughs> way the players would accept. Oh, they it, know so they that. Didn't- they know that. Right. They so they didn't a... bother bringing it up. But do, do you have to do that stuff just to get it off the table? Well, you like should. The players are doing a collective one. Well, we would like 85% of the revenues. Well, no, you're not getting 85%. But yeah. you have to put it on the table so that you say, hey, we asked for 85%. And, and, Does and the NFL the way, actually have to say, we want to mandate viruses for the players to go? And, and, That's not happening? And I won't, because I didn't see what the NFLPA rep said, but... A, it's not collective bargaining. Collective bargaining was already completed under the CBA. So that's number one. Number two, there was no reason to ask for it back when that was completed. Uh, Nobody knew this was coming. So that, to me, is meaningless. Um, So post-COVID, they've had all these negotiations that are technically not collectively bargained. You're just manipulating the already agreed-upon collective bargaining agreement. At that point, yeah, I'm sure the NFL said, look, if we do this 
And by the way, it's not working anyway. I think, you know, there's so many breakthrough infections, not only uh, in the NFL, but in society as a whole. We're going down the route. They're already asking. Now now we get tested twice, uh, once every two weeks, uh, vaccinated people. And I'm in that group that um, we have to get tested every two weeks. Now they're trying to make that once every week. Um, the league and, from the league. Sure. And oh, by the way, yeah, good, good for the league. And you guys are not being treated any differently than the players. The players no. who have been vaccinated have to no. be tested every other week, and they want to move them up to once a week as well. So if they're doing it for you media guys, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. They should hold you to the yeah, same but, standard. But, as the, but the, the union actually wants testing every day again. So it it is a little bit of a weird sort of cachet. You would think the union would approve uh, mandatory vaccines. Instead, they want testing every day. The league wants mandatory vaccines, but they don't want testing. It's a, it's a cluster, Jody. We can curse here. It's a clusterfuck. Uh, uh, and uh, this was on Pro Football Talk this morning. NFL Players Association president. The president of the Players Association, J.C. Treader, yeah, insinuated yeah. earlier this week. I love J.C., but, you know, take his, take his words with a grain of salt. Okay. I'm just saying. But he insinuated earlier this week, the NFL never sought a vaccine mandate for their players. The Brown Center added, it's the NFL's choice on the mandate. He actually said, that's a quote-unquote, the NFL's choice on the mandate that they not mandate players. He said that with a straight face, Johnny Mac. Well, I'll tell you why that's a dumb quote. Because even if it's true, and I got a lot of respect for J.C. Treader. I've talked to him a number of times. Really smart guy. But I'll tell you why that's a dumb quote. Because even if it's true, even if the NFL didn't ask for it, and I don't believe that's true, but even if we stipulate it's true, okay, now they could ask for it. And you just said it's an NFL decision. So if it's an NFL decision and they want to mandate it now, today, are you going to agree to it, J.C. Right. Treader? No, you're not. So it's a dumb quote. He shouldn't have said it. Eh, it's just foolishness, if you ask me. Hi, he's John McBone. I'm Jody McDonald. Apparently, we didn't get Barrett up. We were hoping to get Barrett uh, Brooks on. We didn't confirm his, his appearance yesterday. He said he'd come on Wednesday for Friday. Yeah, Barrett's sleeping in. Hope you're getting some good Z's, Barrett. He's got to get up sooner or later to be on the middle, well, it's he? a late night, man. It's a late night. People don't appreciate what I do for him, Jody. I'm going to be up. going to be up till 4 in the stinking morning, but I'm doing birds 365 That's at 8 right. You're up. Crack of dawn. Yeah. You're ready to rock. Oh, yeah. by the way, you don't think you're going to get home and hit the pillow till like 4? Yeah. Let's I'm see. guessing 4-ish. 7.30, 8.30, 9.30. Oh, I'll be in bed by 11.30. Tonight, easy. I am not staying for all four games. We will beat the traffic out of MetLife oh, Stadium. It's not the traffic. I'm the, the traffic will all be gone by the time I get out of the stadium. You're but... you're, you're staying past the traffic. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going before the traffic even begins. Which number one won't be that bad because it's only going to be one third full. But oh, I'll be leaving well before. I'll be listening to the game in my car on the radio. I'm not staying for all four quarters. I can guarantee guarantee you that one. You don't want to see James Morgan? Come on. You want to see James Morgan? I had James Morgan on my show before he ever got drafted on CBS. We just happened to 
Buddy had a uh, contact of him and said, this kid's going to get drafted. Don't be surprised. People aren't uh, talking about him. He's going to get picked. I, okay, if you say he's going to get picked and you think he's a good interview, I'll have him on. Didn't know it was going to be the Jets who drafted him, but I had him on before that. So I kind of like the kid. And I root for the kid. Between you and me, he's not an NFL quarterback. I've seen the kid play. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're the Mac and Mac guys coming back in just a couple here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Jody McDonald. John McMullen, Michael K, NJ.com is going to join us coming up in uh, about 15 minutes from now. Uh, John, uh, need you to get out your notes and or 
your Eagle Bible or wherever you keep this stuff. I should know it off the top of my head. I don't. So I'm going to tap into you. Uh, we talked earlier about decisions on the roster, getting down to 53, how much draft picks are favored over undrafted players, how what round you would take it in gives you a leg up as compared to a later round pick. Um, Eagles undrafted free agents this year. The difference is that some guys get a little bit more guaranteed money than others. That would determine how really interested you are in an undrafted free agent. It's kind of unfair to like seventh round draft pick because you're locked into a number and there's no negotiation and that's it. You come in, that's your, 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 your uh, draft spot. But an undrafted free agent can actually do a little bit better by being undrafted because he can play one team against another can actually get a little bit more money guaranteed. How many guys left on the 80 were undrafted free agents this year that the Eagles may want to protect some guaranteed money that was given to them just to get them to sign as Philadelphia Eagles this year? All right. Let's see. How many are left? Uh, Coyote Awasika. Uh, he is, to me, he's been the Eagles' best undrafted free agent. Jack Stoll is left. Um, uh, let's see. I'm looking at that. Jaquan Bailey is left. Uh, Carrie Angeline was undrafted, but the Eagles brought him in late. Uh, I forget where he was first. He was the tight end they brought in. Um, he was with Arizona, so he's not. Uh, their undrafted free agent. Right. I believe the only three left, I'm double-checking again, the only three left, they didn't have a, a big undrafted free agent class this year because their draft class was big. They had extra draft picks, right, yeah. right, right, right. So it's Awasika, Stoll, and um, Jaquan Bailey are the guys left. Um, and you know, you mentioned the money. Well, you follow the money. You always follow the money in this league. Stoll and Awasika were the both were the highest paid undrafted free agents. They both got over a hundred thousand guaranteed. So those were the guys. Uh, those were the high profile guys, and those are the guys that are left. You remember Jamie Newman might have been the most high profile, profile, but he's long gone. The Eagles didn't give him any guaranteed money. Right, he got he got no guaranteed money, which was really telling. And then, sure enough, he lived up to his reputation and run out of camp within two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either of those two guys you mentioned off the undrafted free agent list going to make the fifty three. You know, it's interesting because we talk about the egos of general managers with the pedigree. Well, the second half of that ego, a lot of them like to keep at least one undrafted free agent to say, look at me, <laughs> look at me. Um, so I think you look at Coyote and Jack Stoll as potentials. Now, Coyote plays offensive line. He's been he's been good. He's been really good for an undrafted free agent. Again, we talk about the depth of the Eagles. Can they trade uh, uh, Andre Dillard? Can they trade Matt Pryor? All of a sudden, if they're able to trade both of those guys, then you might have a spot for him. Uh, if if they can't, then I don't I don't think 
just from the numbers game, similar to what we were talking about with defensive end and a draft pick and Teron Jackson, I think the numbers game is going against uh, Coyote. Now, Jack Stoll is is more interesting because, remember, Tyree Jackson's hurt, so you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. If you just put him on injured reserve, that helps out Jack Stoll from this perspective. We talked a little bit about Bo Wolf and what makes this difficult. Richard Rodgers is one of those guys. You might not want to guarantee his salary. Um, if you do that, you can release Richard Rodgers with the wink-wink Carvon LeBlanc deal. Say, okay, Richard, stay in town. We're going to bring it back. We've seen Richard Rodgers on the open market. Has it generated a lot of interest? Um, they could go down that right route and keep Jack Stoll at least early in the season and on the original 53 and then sort of manipulate things and, and put them on the practice squad a little bit later. So, But those are the two guys I would center on. I, I think you have a good read on the whole Richard Rodgers not going to be here the first week of the season, but then come back week number two. I do think they're going to try and do that roster juggling thing that you just mentioned. But it goes back to Tyree Jackson. You made a point uh, either earlier this week or the week before, whenever Tyree first got hurt, that if you do go full season IR, then you're done. You cannot, not only can you not come back and play, but you're not allowed to work out with the team. You can't take part in team practices. You can continue to work out at the facility and uh, get your conditioning back and do all your rehabbing, but you can't be part of the Eagles in practice. And that is a learning curve and a tool, certainly for a player like Tyreek, who's changing positions You'd love to have him as part of the team so you can get every bit as much coaching as anybody else. But it does. It makes your roster maneuvering that much more difficult. Which way do you think they're leaning with Tyree? We know he's going to be on IR. The question is, on the 53, short-term IR, ability to come back, or just uh, shoot the moon and go full-term IR now? Um, this is the most difficult decision I'm weighing. I can't figure out what they're going to do. The injury is long enough to, to say where you might shut them down for the entire season. On the other hand, if you value them, and I think they value them, um, maybe you do want to get that kick started. I do want to add in that once you're into regular season mode, practice is not as important from a developmental standpoint. Guys like that are just running scout team, essentially. Um, so I don't know how important practicing is uh, other than the stuff you can do on the sidelines and things like that. And then you just restart things, um, restart things in the spring. Now the easiest we've been talking about trades on the offensive line. The easiest answer to this is trade Zach Ertz. That's still in play. We've stopped talking about that. It's probably, I agree with you. You're shaking your head. Not I agree happening. with you. If, if, if there's a desperate team out there, it might happen. The which, Eagles which, would. By the way, we, we will agree there is no desperate team right now. As we sit here this morning, this hour, yes. this yes. time, there's no desperate team. Yes. So the only way a team becomes desperate is if someone gets hurt in the next 48, uh, 72 Not even hours. 48. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater didn't get hurt in a preseason game. He got hurt in a practice. You don't know when it can happen. This is a vicious sport, man. Ro roster cutdowns. Well, I guess you get, you're right. No. You can trade afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, look, you're right. Odds are he's not getting traded. Odds are Zach Ertz. Again, you're, that, that was their whole point. They're counting on the Teddy Bridgewater situation happening again. It's probably not going to happen. But you just have to put that, that caveat out there that it's a potential. It would make things easier for the Eagles uh, when they're talking about uh, tight end position. But ultimately, I think you're right. Zach is going to be here, and that makes that the most difficult decision. What are they going to do with Tyree Jackson? I would keep him on the 53. That's me personally. Um, I think they might put him on injured reserve. So that's kind of what I'm weighing. Well, if he, if he's on the 53, it's only till Tuesday, and then they're going to move him to a, a minimum yes. short-term IR. Yes. So it's yes. a given. So they're going to be able to bring somebody back, but somebody needs to be exposed. And although I was somewhat confused with the John McMullen uh, tying Solid. decision – decisions on whether guys can make it through waivers to women being pregnant and forgetting that they didn't enjoy being pregnant. I'm still trying to figure that one out, wrap my head around it, but uh, yeah, I don't think you have to sweat it in this case. All right, uh, quickie timeout. Well, very inventive, by- Jody. I want to hammer that home. It was a very inventive analogy. Yeah, but it was borderline obnoxious. Listeners out there. I know right now on the stream we got how many? 143 guys. And then we'll have that many uh thousands more who will go back and uh download well, it afterwards yeah, and watch it after the fact. On here and this second. is the percentage yeah. of women. But of this percentage of women that listen to us, I think about this percentage were uh offended by what you said, buddy. That's just just a case, just a guess it's on not, my part. It's not know. the first time. It won't be the last time. But it wasn't offensive. It wasn't meant to be offensive. It it's wasn't just a meant to be. But I surely believe it could have been taken that way. If uh, And I'm not even a woman. So what the hell do I know? People, are, right. too, people, people are too sensitive, Joe. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Two sensitive men here with John Burns. 365 will come back. And a third sensitive man, Michael K., our buddy from NJ.com, is going to hop aboard. Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. 
The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Oh, that's yeah, we're getting welcomed in by Mike. Is that Michael K? Is he, uh, what are you getting? A call? You got to take a call? Are you up on what is K? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, Mike. Good to see you. All right, let's start up. We got a little off track with the ringtone. Well, what is the ringtone, by the way? Oh, no, that was just an alarm that oh, told okay. me when the show Come started. On. I got you. I, I wanted right. to mention some music. That's my Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, glass shadow. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. I got Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. So I like it. Um, uh, obviously, week three of the preseason, we're going up to Jersey Turnpike. All three of us, Jody, might be there. Uh, might be there. Um, As a fan, drinking, which you guys will not be allowed to do. Sorry well, about I that. I don't know. Mike, Never Mike, see Top John. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I might sneak. Uh, uh, well, will not confirm or deny. Uh, but when you think about the final preseason game, and it's a little bit different because it is week three instead of week four of the preseason, Mike, but I always think about sort of these weird, maybe a little bit off off the beaten path kind of things. And one of them is, who are you going to hide? Uh, you know, who, who was that player that you want to get? Might be on the back end of the 53, might be on the practice squad. Who, who do you think the Eagles don't want to showcase? So they can keep them around. Coyote. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Uh, That's been an obvious one. Um, I look, he's a guy who played tackle at Buffalo. He's played pretty well at guard. They've been using him a lot at right guard based on what I've seen. Uh, He strikes me as that Suo Peta, Nate Herbig, undrafted flavor of the year who they really like and think they can develop long-term. I think they'd like to sneak them onto the practice squad. I think they're, you know, if you're keeping Andre Dillard, you, you're keeping 10 offensive linemen because he really has no versatility behind the starting group. And so I think, you know, they're okay at guard. They're going to keep Sua Opeta and Nate Herbig. Um, you know, if Landon Dickerson's 
activated from Pup, then he'll be there and he'll take on one of those spots. But I think if you're going to keep Dillard, you also have to keep Jack Driscoll and Brett Toth. And I think Toth has really earned a job uh, over the last month. So, yeah, I think Coyote, not ugly, is the uh, guy that, <laughs> that I would probably say. Look, it would have been Tyree Jackson, although that would have been impossible. I think Jack Stahl's another guy who's come on late who, you know, you're going to have to keep Tyree Jackson on on the 53 if you want to be able to bring him back at some point in the year. Um you know, do you keep four tight ends like just to have those numbers at, at the time? I, I just I don't know if you're risking another position to the waiver wire when you have so many injuries on defense and you're going to look injuries are going to factor into this 53 cut. While the Eagles don't have any major injuries, they still have roster numbers to manage. And I think if you look at defense, you got Davian Taylor and Jannard Avery injured. You've got uh at, at safety, you've still got Roddy McLeod, even if you bring him back from Pup. Uh, he's probably not going to play right away. At corner, you've got Craig James, who I'm sure they really wanted to make this roster. So maybe you have to keep an extra corner because he's been dealing with a foot injury. There's a lot going on, and I think uh, there are going to be two or three guys that we think did everything they could to earn the roster spot that might not might fall by the wayside. We talked about – John just talked about hiding a guy. Well, the Eagles have been hiding – all preseason and, and their <laughs> defensive coordinator has specifically said, Oh, deception is my bag. That's what I bank on. I'm not going to let you guys see anything because when we come out and we start playing games that matter, you're not even going to see us coming. So how does Jonathan Gannon handle this final game? Because he's been keeping things behind everybody's back throughout. He's not about to showcase anything. How do you make decisions on who is on the roster who is your starter? Like, who's your Sam linebacker with also out not showing anybody anything? Good luck with that, JG. Well, I, I think what we're seeing in joint practice is a little different than what you guys are seeing in the preseason and not to get into full detail, but they're more of a hybrid defense than you're seeing in, in games. And frankly, I, I think I said this to John the other day, I think there's a window dressing on top of what we're seeing as well. Like, they're going through walkthroughs. There's stuff that they're doing behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Um, and I think, look, I think they're starting three linebackers. We can talk about the Sam linebacker being unique or whatever, but I think they're starting three linebackers are going to be fairly predictable. I think they're going to be Alex Singleton, uh, TJ Edwards, and Eric Wilson. I think you'll see uh, TJ Edwards play Mike. I think you'll see uh, Wilson play Will. And I think you'll see Singleton play Sam. And Singleton has experience in hybrid defenses. He's a good blitzer. He can cover. Uh, I have no issue with that. I think there's some window dressing there. I mean, think about it this way. Okay, here's how they're selling this. So they had Joe Osman, Jannard Avery, and Patrick Johnson, a seventh-round pick at Sam Linebacker. That's essentially saying, hey, guys, how can we get guy number 51, 52, and 53 as starting linebacker? That doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think you have to follow into the context clues. I know a lot of people have been musing about uh, Ryan Kerrigan playing linebacker. I mean, the guy hasn't practiced in three weeks, and I don't think that he is the coverage man you'd want there. I think he's going to be part of that defensive end rotation. You also, oh, I brought up injuries. Derek Barnett's got a shoulder injury. There, There's rumors that he could be on the trade block. Like there, There's a lot going on, and so I think – 
Um, they're going to take what they took from joint practices, which they were dominant in, and and move from there. And I think, you know, the preseason, you're going to see a lot of vanilla D. I I mean, John, talk your ear off because he's covered 65 uh, <laughs> preseasons. Nice. Uh, pre-merger. Uh, but, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think – I think what you're they're they're believers in practice, like they're preachers of practice. They're not preachers of the preseason, and so I think they're bringing their Bible or their playbook into the regular season from what they have from practice, not the preseason. Yeah, Mike, you bring up a good point with all the machinations. You mentioned all the injuries, so they have to make decisions. You have to keep Rodney McLeod. I mean, he's going to be ready. Might not be ready week one, but certainly not going to be out for six weeks. Uh, Tyree Jackson might be the most difficult decision because that's sort of a, a two month injury. It's not season ending, but you got to make, you know, how much is the developmental process worth versus shutting them down? You mentioned some of the other guys. Then you talk about the best and veteran guys who maybe you don't want to guarantee. You don't want to keep them on the week one roster. So the Richard Rogers of the world, T.Y. McGill. Um, is Hassan Ridgeway vested? He might be in that category as well. Um, how do how do you, how do you balance that? How how many of these young guys? How many of these young injured guys do you just carry on the roster uh, because you want to keep them? Tyree Jackson would be the most notable, but even lesser guys. You mentioned Craig Craig James. He's back at practice. He's ready to play. He's a great special teams player. You need corners in this league. Is this the most difficult year when you're trying to figure out the 53? Well, I think it's interesting because unlike last year, you have a preseason now, so other teams are looking at what you have. Um, I think they've learned from the Noah uh, Togiai uh, situation, even though he just got cut by Indianapolis with an injury waiver. Um Look, I think Tyree Jackson's a guy that you get excited about and you say, cool, it's worth cutting the sixth wide receiver, uh, which I'm sure you and I will get into later on in the show because I'm very intrigued by this going into this game. Um, That said, on defense, you look at it this way. You're not going to cut Davion Taylor, right? So you have to keep Sean Bradley because you need a, a stack linebacker to back up those three guys at Will and Mike. Like, you're not going to move TJ Edwards to Will. That's going to put you at a disadvantage. Um, then you also have Patrick Johnson, who I think has been the most impressive of the three guys that were initially listed as Sam. And, oh, by the way, Jannard Avery's injured. And, frankly, I don't think he's that good anyway. Um, at corner, uh, Zach McPherson will back up the outside spots. But there's no true backup nickel. I think Josiah Scott's done enough to make this roster – but I think when you look at the versatility that Craig James has, you have to factor that in. He can play nickel, he can play outside, and he's a special teams ace. So that could cost Scott a job, especially if you keep five safeties. Now you bring up vested veterans, uh, and I know I'm talking a mile a minute here, but Andrew Adams, okay? He's been rolling with the first team defense the last week and has looked fantastic uh, opposite Anthony Harris. I think Marcus Epps is going to make this team. I think they like him on special teams. They like what he can do. Kayvon Wallace is dealing with a groin injury. Um, I like what I've seen from Elijah Riley, but do you really want to trust Marcus Epps opposite Anthony Harris when you can have a guy like Andrew Adams who's made plays, who's been around in the league? 
he's not making a ton of money. Who cares about, about his contract being fully guaranteed? You're going to, if they cut him this week, he's going to be back in week two anyway, but like, why risk that? You know, what if a team has a safety injury somewhere else and they're like, Hey guy, we'll give you the number three safety job. You just got cut by the Eagles. who thought you were the fifth guy. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't think that makes a ton of sense. He was their first signing. They went out of their way to sign him. I think he's going to stick around. I think when you look at trying to maneuver the vested veteran stuff, I think McGill, Hargrave, and and Rogers are, are your guy. I mean, in a, in a in a in an ideal world, you'd be able to cut them all and bring them all back the next week and do a full service oil change after week one. But I, I, I just don't be cute. Don't be cute. I think <laughs> you know what I mean. Jody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like we've seen this before, where the Eagles get cute. They got very lucky with Craven LeBlanc last year. Yeah, uh, that he didn't sign elsewhere. Because I'll tell you this, he had a ton of interest, uh, and he's a loyal guy, and he stayed loyal. And also, something you have to consider too is the waiver wire. I think this is going to be the most active waiver wire in the history of the league. Mm. Like normally, you see about thirty guys get claimed. This yeah. is going to be upwards of sixty. I think. Now, see, here's where I disagree with you. Okay. Jody and I have talked about this. COVID protocols. Right. I think it makes it more desirous to keep your own guys because you have that whole ramp up period to get people out of the building. I think if anything, it should make the waiver wire a little bit less busy. So I'm going to create some great video. I mean, great radio for you guys. And I'm going <laughs> to argue you with you and tell you you're not correct. <laughs> uh, there I like days, it. There are 12 days in between week one and the final cutdown deadline. There's a Good reason point. for that. It's so that people can do their research they're going to be sharing medicals. It's just like when we talk about the combine, you and I talk about it every year, teams share medicals. It's, it's a known fact. Um, but I do think COVID protocols will be highly, you know, taken into account. But when you look at the numbers, it's going to be hard to, I think every team's going to claim at least one or two players. That's what I'm saying. That's how you get that number 60, right? Okay. Um, I think it's weird that we haven't seen an August trade from Howie Roseman because that is really his thing. I got it last year because last year there's so much unknown. Look at Andre Dillard. Look at Derek Barnett. I'm a little, you know, iffy on the Derek Barnett shoulder injury. I mean, he was out there and, you know, Howie and Joe, they're out there. Um, But I think, you know, those are the two names to watch that are legitimate names that could factor into the roster buildup because now Howie, after this, the Eagles are at an advantage, by the way, they have the early preseason games. There's still preseason games to be played on Saturday and Sunday. They can spend the next four days shopping whoever they want. Um, They could also cut guys early and try to sneak them through the waiver wire. Uh, So I think Howie's going to be extremely strategic here. He hasn't really made a lot of moves. The only guys that they've brought in are local dudes who know that they're camp bodies, I'm pretty sure. And so he's been very patient. And you know Howie, Howie likes to sit and wait and then strike. And there's like a flurry. And I think that's basically what's going to happen here. I think it's going to be an exciting weekend for Eagles fans. The one thing I think you need to keep in mind, Michael, you're right. There's an extra amount of time build up before that first game that gives you the ability to get past whatever COVID issues you have to. However, and I know it's the case with the Eagles, 
Oh, they figured out exactly how they're going to spend every minute of available practice time during those two weeks because they, they, they didn't practice all that much leading up to this final preseason game. So whatever hour and 20 minutes they're going to spend each day in practice that you guys aren't going to be able to watch, oh, Nick Sirianni's already accounted for it. And I think every other team has as well. So, yes, there, there is a little bit more flexibility just getting a guy in, but they're going to be working on things, and they're going to need that to get ready for the regular season because it was only three preseason games rather than four. So it isn't like they're all going to be sitting around for two weeks waiting for the first game. They're going to be implementing things they're going to be putting in practice, and uh, that if the guy's not ready to do it, that is a hindrance. Counterpoint. Uh, you can raise two guys up from the practice squad to fill in the spots of the guys that are learning the system. So you could say, let's say you claim an offensive lineman and a corner. Those two can be inactive the first week. You're going to raise up uh, Kayvon Seymour and Rosh Piercebacher from the lineup to fill in the numbers. So that's what I would say. That's my arg- That's my counter. Okay. There's more flexibility as per the rule. Yeah, there right. is. Those guys are in the system. Since yeah. you went there already, we'll let you go there. Wide receiver position. Yeah, you sound very intrigued as to how they're going to handle the cutdowns for the wide receiver. Tell us why. Yeah, I think we need to be honest here. Uh, I've been in all 17 practices. I've watched all of these guys. Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, and Devontae Smith are a very good trio. After that, a bunch of replaceable talent. Greg Ward, mostly just a slot receiver, replaceable player. Uh, really good guy, really good story, good leader, cool, whatever. Uh, Travis Fulgham has dropped a lot of passes this summer. Um, I know there have been back and forths about, hey, he's been playing better than you think he is, or whatever. Uh, that's not true. Uh, he's not had a good summer. Um, you know, I've been covering football for almost, you know, professionally for over a decade. I, I know what a drop pass looks like. Uh, <laughs> so... He's a guy who I think will make the roster. I, he's a good special teams player. He's a very good blocker. I think this game is huge for him, uh, for his role. I think he'll be here. But when we talk about role, being that fourth wide receiver is a very important thing in, a, in an offensive-friendly system. Guys need time off. Guys need to take a series off. You're going to need to be that next guy. Oh, and by the way, he's the biggest wide receiver on the roster who's probably going to make it. Uh, Greg Ward could stick around. He's, he's a guy who's a leader. He's, he's a special teams guy. They like him. He's got sure hands. Awesome. But you get what I'm saying, right? It's like the depth there is kind of like based on this summer has not really stepped up and they've been given every opportunity to step up. Then we get into the six wide receiver spot. If they're going to keep a six guy, I brought up all those injuries before that could deter them from take, keeping a six guy. And we have two, former draft picks that we need to talk about. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, John Hightower. John J.J. Arcega-Whiteside's been given every single opportunity to make this team. They've had him with the first team as the slot receiver. They've moved him around. They've done everything. I've yet to see a reason why they should keep him. John Hightower was injured for like 10 days, missed some preseason action. I've yet to see why you would keep him over maybe a waiver <laughs> wire claim. So... Those two guys need to step up. Well, all four of those guys really need to step up because they're competing for two or three spots. Um, and you got to be honest here. Like, this is <laughs> for objective journalists. Like, you can't just be like, well, Travis Fulgham was a great story last year. 
he's been forgettable this offseason. So is Greg Ward. So is J.J. Single whiteside So has, has John Hightower. All these guys have potential, but if you're basing it all off practice, which is what Nick Sirianni has alluded to, you know, Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward were playing into the fourth quarter last week. Uh, so were J.J. Single whiteside and John Hightower, and none of them caught passes. Like, that's telling. Uh, so I think that they're going to have to figure out the wide receiver group. I, I think they need to bring in a veteran, frankly. Um, not somebody who's, like, notable, but uh, as I reported last week, they're not going to trade a draft pick for a player at wide receiver. <laughs> they just don't – they're not going to – they're all in on 2022. They want to compete this year. They think they can compete. But 2022 is their nest egg, and they know it. And they don't really want to trade future assets to just – kind of upgrade the fifth wide receiver spot. All right. Let's talk about trades though, Mike, because you brought up, you know, I think I went through it yesterday. I think I came out with 15 August trades for Howie Roseman. Um, last year, as you mentioned, nothing, a lot of players on this roster, you mentioned uh, a couple of the obvious ones, Andre Dillard, perhaps Derek Barnett, perhaps the New York Jets who need a pass rusher with Carl Lawson going down. Uh, Jody knows that a lot of, a lot of under the radar guys. Can you get something for JJ Ortega Whiteside? Can you get something for a Matt Pryor in an offensive line deficient league? I, I gotta be honest. This team's got, they have 14 offensive linemen left. You could argue they're all 14 of our NFL level players. Uh, they can't keep 14. Um, so Zach Ertz, we never talk about anymore. There's still the Teddy Bridgewater scenario out there. Is this team going to make a trade? Uh, are, are they going to make multiple trades? Is this how we kind of kind of fix the the roster situation on the back end by shipping guys out of here? Well, let's pull an Ace Ventura and go. <laughs> the Eagles are all in on 2022. They think they can compete this year, but they don't want to give away their nest egg. So yes, yeah, I do. I do think that there is a possibility of a trade. But here's the thing that I will say: I think it's more likely that they're player for player trades than there are draft pick trades. As much as teams seem to be willing to give away late round picks, the assets you were talking about: Derek Barnett, uh, Andre Dillard, former first round picks. It's very hard to sell a fan base on. Hey, we just traded Andre Dillard for a seventh round pick. Yeah, because realistically, that's what you're looking at. Because Greg Little, who has played more games, who was drafted 15 spots late, 15 or 16 spots later in the same draft, got a seventh round pick for the Panthers. So realistically, that's based. That's what you're basing stuff on. Oh, by the way, Greg Little's a little bit more versatile than Andre Dillard, um, and hasn't had constant, you know, rumors about mental stuff and 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 you know versatility issues, etc. So. I think you can sell Andre Dillard for, you know, a starting level wide receiver or a starting level slot receiver. Like if, if I told you that the Eagles traded Andre Dillard for Jamison Crowder, what would you say? I would say that's a heck of a trade right. for, the, for the Eagles perspective. Right. That's what I mean. Like if it, it, with, with Derek Barnett, to me, if you, you're not getting a third round pick for him, you shouldn't trade him. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Because here's the thing. If he has as good of a year as I think he's going to, let's say he gets eight sacks, 
you're going to get a third round compensatory pick. And that's how Howie Rosen looks at stuff like this. So, um, but Matt Pryor is somebody who is really interesting to me. I think that's a player for player trade worth making. I'm actually kind of surprised it didn't happen last week. Um, And so, yeah, I I think that there is room to trade offensive linemen. I think uh, another guy who kind of makes sense is T.Y. McGill. If you can get another player or Hassan Ridgeway, if you can get another player to fill another spot, you know, I think their depth at defensive end and defensive tackle is terrific. Their depth on the offensive line is terrific. I think wide receiver, if you can sell somebody on the potential of other guys, sure. I do think they're going to make at least two waiver claims. All right. Uh, this is an either-or question. Pretty simple. The Nick, the, the uh, Eagles' third-string quarterback will be Nick Mullins or anyone not named Nick Mullins. Anyone not named Nick Mullins. I think they're <laughs> going to look into. I think they're going to look into a younger guy who they can develop into a long-term cheap backup. I think that's the goal. That was the goal with Jalen Hurts uh, initially. Um, he was a guy who had premium talent, they felt, but they felt like they could develop in, into a long-term backup. Woo, that blew up in, in their face. And then, you know, I, I, I want to say this before I get off the podcast. Jalen Hurts has earned this job, has earned this starting job, in my opinion. Um, well, how do you not when you get every first-team rep in practice? Right, but, <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. But I also think he's played well. I think those practices with the Patriots kind of woke up a sleeping playmaker on the field. Like, I think he does better against, you know, constant competition as opposed to, oh, wow, I'm throwing to air to Greg Ward for the 80 millionth time. You know what I mean? So there's that. But I would say they're going to look – there's going to be some young guys. Anthony Gordon, who's cut by the the Chiefs, I think would make a lot of sense for this offense. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't sign him. He was cut earlier this week. I'm kind of surprised they didn't sign him to take up reps. Uh, I guess, you know, Nick Mullins is shopping himself to the league today. Like, this is a big game for him. Um, he's been thrown into action with with guys that have not played well and have led to interceptions. I mean, Jack Salt off his hands interception uh you know his two other interceptions uh both well adrian killens got cut because he ran the wrong route i'm pretty sure and then uh the other one was just like an overthrow but anyway i i think uh yeah i think it's somebody other than nick mullins all right michael k with us nj.com make sure you read mike's work there also a friend of the show chris franklin does a great job with mike at nj.com as i said i want to talk to you about the back end of the draft mike because this is the first year in a while the eagles have had these late round picks now patrick johnson we've talked a lot he seems to have an easier path than maybe the six round picks to make this roster marlin uh Tua Pelotu, i think has been, been the most disappointing rookie but then you have that Teron Jackson, Jacoby Stevens uh, duo. Really difficult numbers game for Teron Jackson. Jacoby Stevens has been hurt. How do you get those two guys on the roster? Can you get those two guys on the roster? I, I don't see a world where it happens. I actually think Davian Taylor's injury affects uh, Stevens in a way that he probably wouldn't have been affected otherwise. If Davian Taylor's healthy, I think you keep Stevens over Bradley, but you need somebody who can be a backup middle linebacker and a backup weak side linebacker. And Stevens to me is just an outside linebacker. I'm not putting him 
against guards. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be difficult. The defensive end, I think it's a matter of if Derek Barnett's here, right? Because even then, like, even then you've got Brandon Graham, Milton Williams, you know, uh, Josh Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan in front of them. So really a defensive end there, it's an embarrassment of riches. And so from that perspective, it's going to be hard for Teron Jackson to make the team. He was a six round pick. I think he'll get through waivers. Yeah. Mr. T, uh, Marlon T, uh, was supposed to be a really good run defender. He's been thrown around in the preseason, like relentlessly. He did have a really, really good practice on Wednesday. A really, really good practice on Wednesday. Uh, had two tackles for loss, was just blowing up offensive linemen. But again, the Jets can't block anybody this week. So you've got to take that into account. I think you can get him through waivers. Um, but I, there, yeah, he's got no shot. And then um, – Talk about Patrick Johnson. I was impressed by Patrick Johnson for preseason game number one. I had not noticed him at all in training camp before that. Uh, he seems to be a gamer. He's a guy who's converting from defensive end to linebacker. If they're going to re- really use a hybrid system, uh, if you trust Alex Singleton to play Sam and be a starter and Patrick Johnson can learn, I think it makes a lot of sense. He's a good fit for that position. He seems to move very well in space. He seems to actually have a very good football IQ uh, and feel for the game and where he needs to be. Uh, I've been incredibly impressed by him, honestly. I, I think he, outside of Milton Williams and Devontae Smith, or yeah, Devontae Smith, I, I think he's been the most impressive, like consistently impressive since the start of the preseason. All right. Uh, this is a key question that Eagle fans want answered. They might not like your answer, but I want you to give it to them just the same. Last year, despite being 4-9-1 and one, going into week 16 of a 17-week season, the Eagles were still mathematically alive. There was absolutely a path for the Eagles to finish out and win the NFC least. Will we be in that same position this year in week 17 of an 18-week season? Because you got to factor in a bye and an extra game. So week 17... One week to go prior to the last game of the year, will the Eagles still have a mathematical chance to win the division? No, but they will have a mathematical chance of making the playoffs. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You I think, think you be- think that they're going to be in wild card territory? No shot. With that, with that seventh seed, sure. But that seventh no shot. seed. Seventh, seventh seed. The last wild card will have a better record than the winner of the NFC East again. All right. Okay. I, I, right. I want right. to call you. Yeah. That, I think they're going to be very middling. I think you guys are going to be really. I, I think, got eight and nine. I think they're a middling team. That's yeah, what I, I, said. I, I, I have it between seven and 10 and nine and eight. Like, I think yeah. it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot like 2016 where they, they're going to start off really well because nobody <laughs> really knows what they're doing. They've got a mobile quarterback who, who's dynamic. They've got really good offensive and defensive line play. And then maybe in that second half, you see them, the wheels kind of fall off a little. All right. Last one from me, Mike, the most important one. I I think for all Eagles fans, your early thoughts on CM Punk returning Mm -hmm. to the world of professional wrestling. Brilliant. I'm done with WWE. (laughs) Seriously, here's something that I've I've said to friends, and I I don't know if I've said to you. I think AEW benefits from DVR, the DVR era, more than any other competitor WWE has ever had because – AEW has so many different segments and so many different 
options for programming and WWE, everything's like a soap opera. So it, it has the same tone. It's like watching a CW show. You can't really fast forward through it. If you, if you like, if you like one element of it. So I think the DVR is going to really help AEW close the gap. I think WWE will win because of family friendly programming. But I, as, as somebody who is taking this in as an adult and my kids not watching it, I'd rather watch AEW, the three segments I like from AEW. <laughs> Question on timing with CM Punk. Um, AEW kicked off what two years ago? Uh, yeah. Have they gotten two full years? Yeah, I think so. Why yeah. wasn't CM Punk part of their beginning? Why did he wait? Why did they wait? I know that it takes two to tango, so maybe one wanted to, the other one didn't. Why is CM Punk and AEW just seemed a natural fit? from the day AEW was conceived wow. that he would be there day one. Why do you think it didn't happen that way? Well, why, was I on your, why wasn't I on your first 10 shows? Yeah. I, I, I think, what, I, what I, think I did. I, I probably that. asked you, and you probably said you couldn't do it. From yeah. my perspective, and, and Mike knows Tony Khan as well, and Tony will learn this quickly. This is not an easy guy to deal with. So right. be prepared. That's That's why. <laughs> that's the only reason well I, I think this too i think tony i remember tony pitching me AEW like in a bar like I, I i genuinely remember him pitching he goes do you think a wrestling federation can work in jacksonville and this was like i want to say it was like 2017 and i laughed at him i mean it was like it, it was in everybody conversation. Yeah. his dad laughed then right and so but he's a guy who thinks so he far ahead. It. He, he loves this it. Is, that's the thing. Like, he's not selling a product. He's selling a passion. And I think, yeah. look, you can crash and burn. But, like, when you look at WCW, WCW was given all this money from Ted Turner because he was passionate about it. And then once it became corporate and they had yeah. – they sold off assets, it became this joke of a product. WWE has had the same guy running it since before I was born. So like it's, they're two different animals. And I also don't think that you need to beat WWE. You just no, have you to, you can't, you can't from a yeah, monetary it's impossible. Yeah. But a win for them is creating their own sect of, of, of fan base. And a lot of people complain about how they only cater to the indie people. Well, bringing in CM Punk is catering to everyone. Bringing yeah. in somebody like Daniel Bryan, who's rumored to be there is catering to everyone. Chris Jericho caters to everyone. I think Chris Jericho is the most valuable wrestler of the last 20 years because of what he's been able to accomplish. Like John Cena is the best draw ever. So, so is, so is Brock Lesnar. Those are the two biggest draws ever. Like you can talk about Hulk Hogan. That's cool. Whatever. He had a great run, but Brock well, Lesnar. Steve Austin, I would argue. Yeah, Steve Austin. Austin yeah, that's fair. But back Brock. then everybody was good. The rock yeah. was there. Every, you know I mean? Like it was a good product. WWE isn't a good product anymore. It's not. It's a stream. Uh, I, I, I think at the top, it's tremendously good. I think the Ro Roman Reigns is the best, best in the industry right now. John Cena, but it's only the summer of Cena. He's on a different level. That's why he's in Hollywood. But John, um, but John, he, we talk about this with uh, with with NFL depth charts. You're only as yeah, good as your depth. You're and right. Frankly, you're right. The uh, stuff underneath is terrible. But then I would argue with Tony Khan, this is where Tony loses me, the Orange Cassidy's of the world, the Darby oh, Allen's of the world. I, and those guys, those guys are very limited. Those guys are very limited. And by the way, Dan Lambert, for people who don't know Dan Lambert, 
He's the best promo guy in the business. He shouldn't be a better promo than your wrestlers, with the exception of Chris Jericho. Uh, but Dan Lambert's the best promo guy they got. And the guys who really click, the Cena's, the 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 people at the very, very top, it's all about promos. Sure. You gotta sell me. You gotta tell yeah. me why this is important. I've yeah. seen a wrestling match before. Yes, you have. And we can tell by talking to you and that you're passionate about it. Maybe not yeah. Tony Khan passionate, but passionate just the same. You got two big wrestling fans with you here today. Now, Jacksonville fans would like Tony to be passionate about the football team. That's no a comment. No comment. Yeah. Not going to say that one. I'll talk That's about Tony. And by the way, the soccer fans, the cons also, what they own? Fulham? Yeah. Fulham? Yeah. Here's what, I'll say. Yeah. Here's what I'll say uh, while we're talking about Tony. I think Tony's passionate about everything. The dude never sleeps. But I think there is something to be said about putting everything you have into one product, yeah, right? You got like, to pick. You got to pick one. Yeah, you got to. He's going to pick wrestling, by the way. Which he, he should. Frankly, he's yeah. brilliant at it. Uh, yeah. I Look, scouting and analytics are fun. Uh, running a soccer team is probably really fun. But realistically, these are three global brands. You can't be everywhere. So, yeah. And leave the football team to his dad, just a guess. Uh, hey, Michael, good stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. John will see you up in the broadcast booth. I'm in section 234 if you want to wave. Uh, have a good time at the game tonight. Have a great one, guys. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Mike. Michael K. Yeah, from NJ.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, we're running late. We're only going to have a couple of minutes left to put a bow on the show. Stay right there. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Uh, we're running out of time here on Birds 365. Thanks for tuning in to our second hundred shows. We start the second hundred today. We did show number 100 yesterday. 101 today. Uh, yes, next week on Monday will be 102. And I'm going to ask you to make a prediction for show 102, John. At least one Eagle player tonight that you are relatively sure, and by relatively sure I mean at least 90%, is not going to be on the 53-man roster when they got to do the cutdown on Tuesday. You know one guy is going to step up and make a play tonight, do some highlight reel thing that will get the uh, Eagle Nation go, well, we got to keep him. Did you see that play? Uh, something along the uh, Somebody's going to do something that will, and I'm not on WIP on either Saturday or Sunday, but I wouldn't mind being on either one of them. Uh, just to uh, listen and reel these guys in. It was one play. Somebody's going to do it, and they're going to make that one play, and the people are going to say, we got to keep him. Who's the guy who you got cut as of uh, right now? Well, who puts himself back in the conversation. Some guy who's going to get cut, undoubtedly, that's going to make a play. That's what you're yes. asking? Yes. Uh, that will that will rise the ire of Eagle fan to go, we got to keep him, because he made a big boy. play in this final no, Mark and game. Michelle. Mark and Michelle is the second best route. No, actually, I'm going to say he's the best route runner on this team. Um, and he's not, he's obviously he came in late. He's not going to make the team. He's just, he's just a really sharp rubber. Obviously, Devontae Smith has the potential to be better, but he's just, you know, he's been doing it longer. He's just more refined at it. Uh, but he's got no chance to make the team. Uh, he's probably going to make a play late in the game, although he needs help from Nick Mullen. So who knows? Uh, so I'm going to say Mark and Michelle. I am going to give the degenerates uh, 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 a, a, a real prediction, though. Take the Jets, man. They're going to play Zach Wilson. They're going to play some of their starters for up to a half. Take the Jets. Another blowout. I say take the under, and I don't even know what it is. I don't. Uh, yeah, Wilson's not going to play all that much, and the Jets' backup quarterbacks aren't great. The Eagles' backup quarterbacks aren't great. But the one thing that could screw you, the guy who's going to make the play and could give you the over – a late pick six by Michael Jacquette. And Mike takes, Jacquette. Yeah, Mike I Jacquette like takes I it like to it. the house. From, from James Morgan. And cuts the Eagle deficit from 20 to 6 to 20 to 13. And they do they go onside uh, kick with five minutes left to play, Mike? Yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 20, 24 nothing Jets. Ooh. I'll go right along the lines. Of and then we can say, what would that be? 52, 62, so 76 to nothing end in the preseason. Uh, you're still a writer. You know, I meant to ask Mike K about confidence. 
I think Nick Sirianni needs some confidence. I want to see a drive. I think Nick Sirianni needs some confidence as a play caller. I don't know if we're going to get it, though. No, it's not going to be with uh, his starting quarterback. Neither you nor I think he's going to play. You're going to have to tune in to find out, and then you're going to have to tune in what we think about what happened on Friday. Come Monday when we come back here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.